the weather is finally getting warmer. And if you're like me, you might be looking for ways to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Enter Quince. I have been a lover of Quince for years. I have trusted them to have me looking effortlessly chic year after year. This spring and summer, I am obsessed with their European linen line. I am going to be living in their tank tops and linen pants all spring and summer. Whether it's blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, whatever you're looking for, Quince has got it. And the best part, all Quince items are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash BGB for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash BGB to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash BGB. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Black Girl Burnout Podcast. Kelly here. And today we are talking with Dr. Amber Thornton. She's a licensed clinical psychologist and default parenting plus millennial motherhood wellness expert. She's the founder of the Balanced Working Mama, where the mission is to support millennial mothers in creating a life of more balance and wellness. Dr. Thornton lives in DC, which is right where I am currently with her husband and two children. And she is deeply passionate about helping other working mothers fulfill their goals, passions, and find more joy throughout their motherhood experiences. I am so excited to talk to her. As a woman who's intentionally decided to be child-free, I love the discussion about motherhood. I love everything about what makes people decide to be mothers, what makes motherhood effective, what makes motherhood difficult. And I particularly am on a mission to elevate the health of Black mothers, as I feel like you all are absolutely the ones passing down a new generation of Black girls who we don't want to be burned out, of Black children who need access to joy. And part of that starts with debunking the myths about motherhood that so many of us walk around that may make us avoid having children or make us feel exhausted as mothers. Dr. Amber and I have a powerful conversation this week where we dig into those myths and we talk about the way out. So if you are a mother, this episode is for you. If you are an auntie, this episode is for you. If you are like me and intentionally child-free, trust me, this episode is for you. We need to have more conversations like the ones we're about to have with Dr. Amber 
about motherhood, about the legacy of Blackness and co-opted myths about Blackness and how it is impacting our community and all of us. So let's get into it. Here's the first segment of my conversation with Dr. Amber on motherhood. Hi, Dr. Amber. I'm so excited to have you here and be a guest on our podcast. You are with us all week, and we've got a lot to dig into that I want to cover with you. But first things first, I ask every guest this. Tell us who Dr. Amber is, introduce us, and tell us who you are. Yes. Ooh, well, I first of all, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about talking to you. Um, okay, so who is Dr. Amber? This is so funny you're asking now because just recently I went back home to visit my family. I'm from Ohio originally, and it actually was a perfect reminder of who I am. You know, before I became Dr. Amber, before I became a mom, it was really just a reminder that I am um I'm loved. I'm from a large family, I'm an Ohio native, I am passionate, and I'm, I'm truly supported. And so because of those things, I get to be, you know, this other person online and, you know, in my professional life, but really to the core, I am, you know, a family-oriented person that is very passionate and loves um, community and loves the people around me too. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that description. Mm-hmm. And so just based upon that, right, you used all these different adjectives to describe yourself that was about being supportive and being loved and really getting to like the root of who you are. And that is so much aligned with the podcast itself and what we want every black woman to feel confident about saying about themselves, right? They're supported, that they're loved, that Mm -hmm. they have this kind of positivity around who they are. And that is part of what I want to talk to you and dig into right away, because I know you do some really important work. And it aligns so beautifully with the message of the podcast about opting out of struggle. And so Mm -hmm. I want to set the stage and then turn it over to you to to give us some information. Mm -hmm. I really do believe that there's a lot of myths about being a Black woman that are really causing profound damage to our community, right? Yes. And some of them are around motherhood and what it means to be a mother and what it means to be a woman. And are those two even the same? Because a lot of times like, oh no, you can't be a a woman and a mother. It's like a choice. And as I interview people, I had this really profound conversation. It still stays with me Mm. with Cassandra Dunbar from Dr. Cassandra Dunbar from Be Well Sis podcast. And she Mm. talked about how she learned about being an adult And she just associated it, looking at her mother, with exhaustion. That's how she learned what adulthood was. It meant exhaustion. Right. And it came from her mother. And I think so many of us have intergenerational, that's my specialty as a therapist, was intergenerational trauma about our mothers teach us what adulthood is. And it they model that it can be one of struggle, right? That our mothers were great, but they weren't really necessarily always joyful. And so- I wanted to kind of unpack that with you and and as a psychologist and and the work that you do, how do you see that legacy of exhaustion and kind of sadness around motherhood? How do you see that playing out today? And how do you see people locked in struggle around motherhood? Mm -hmm. Oh, that was so good and very um, relatable because similar I had a, I had a very similar experience with my mother and watching my mother and 
when I watched my mother, that became the idea or the concepts that were developed in me about what motherhood meant. And so, you know, watching my mother, but not just her, my grandmothers, my aunts, you know, the women around me doing a version of motherhood that, um, like you said, exhaustion, fatigue, sacrifice, um, very minimal self-care. You know, I don't even think the term self-care was a thing back then. And so this is what I often see too, you know, in my personal experience, but then also in my professional life working with other women, we, we, we take in the images and the ideas of motherhood or womanhood from the woman, the women around us, and especially the ones that we're closest to. And again, many of us, especially for Black women, those examples are ones that exhaustion, fatigue, stress, distress, no mental health care, you know, very little physical health care. And so unfortunately, that becomes then what we think motherhood should be. Luckily, many of us are in a place where now we live in a society where mental health is embraced. We have more resources where we can take care of ourselves. But then there's this mismatch of, okay, I have these resources. I'm able to talk about my mental health, but motherhood is supposed to be this. And so it's just so confusing. And so that's why I think these conversations are so important, you know, because we need that insight and the spaces to really kind of break down the ideas that we have taken in and realizing, oh, we need to shift those a little bit so that we can do motherhood differently. Black representation in media really is everything. It is the jumping point in which people can see who they could be. If it wasn't for prominent voices like an Oprah Winfrey on my television screen, I would have never thought to pursue podcasting. Well, if you're looking for the next generation of influential Black voices, you need to look no further than NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. It explores distinct, varied, and most importantly, nuanced Black perspectives. And you're going to hear stories about joy and resilience, empowerment, and how people have created world-shifting things out of struggle. Black perspectives haven't always been centered when we're talking about the story of America, but now we are the story. Turn on NPR today and hear the wide range of voices that are as varied and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you know Black Girl Burnout has a YouTube channel now? We created this channel to give you even more bonus content, things you will not find on the podcast like Hey Girl Chats. This is where we build community through conversation with ordinary women like you and myself. It's informal. It's fun. We guarantee you're going to love it. Also on the channel will be affirmations dropped monthly, as well as guided meditations and all our guest interviews. So head over to YouTube and opt in by subscribing to our channel and catch all the new content. Everything is up in flames. 
Yeah, and I think as someone, I, I am full disclosure not a mother <laughs> by by choice. And I, but I think a lot of I, I am totally fine. I wanted to be a mother for a while, but I think part of what talked me out of motherhood was those kind of preconceived beliefs about what it meant to be a mother, particularly around sacrifice. Like it was Mm -hmm. just like the idea of being able to enjoy myself as Kelly and enjoy myself as a mom Mm -hmm. did not seem compatible. It seemed like, oh, girl, you could have shoes and a good time or you could be a mom, but you can't do both. Right. And I was like, but I like my shoes. So bye, babies. Right. (laughs) But I do think that that conversation I'm not saying that people, everyone should be a mother because I don't think people should Mm be, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm really happy with my choice not to be one. Mm -hmm. But I also want to show the balance and the alignment that like some of that is rooted in these myths. Like we watched our mothers be a lot of things, but joyful wasn't one of them. And it influenced how I'm like, I want to have joy. And if I Mm -hmm. think it's related to who I partner Mm -hmm. with or who I have children with, then mm-hmm. I'm going to be a little bit more avoidant or want to be a little more nervous about that. Could you speak a little bit to that? Do you see that? Do you resonate? Does that resonate with you? Yes and yes and yes. Absolutely. You know, again, personally for me, that's part of my story as well. Um, you know, when I was a child, I knew I wanted to be a wife and a mom. But then as I evolved and I kind of like got older, I then saw, oh, I can have a career. I can I can go to school. I can continue my education and I can go to grad school. Oh, there's this thing called psychology that I enjoy. Oh, I want to be a psychologist. And then there was a point in my 20s where I was like, okay, my original desires to be a wife and a mother and my desires now to have a career and be a psychologist and make an impact in the world are not compatible. So I have to choose. And so I went a few years where I was like, okay, I'm just going to be the auntie, you know, I'll fly in, I'll visit my family, my nieces and nephews, and that, that'll be okay for me. Like that was where I was for a while, because like you said, I did not think I could still have, you know, all these things I desired and still be a mom because that was not, I did not have any examples to show me that it was possible. And so absolutely, you know, that is part of my story. That is a part of so many other women's stories who then go on to become mothers and they're still trying to grapple with, I still have all these desires. How do I make this work? But also, and this is why I love the internet. I get to talk to like Gen Z and younger women and they're saying these same things too. They're like, well, I'm afraid to be a mom because I want to just be, you know, I want to be myself and I don't know if it's possible. And honestly, Millennial women, too, there are, you know, there's this stat that keeps floating around that right now, you know, people in general are um, partnering a lot later, deciding to have children a lot later. And it's because they have these ideas about, well, I want to do I want to do my life and I'm not sure if that's compatible with children. And so I absolutely see that, you know, I just think our society has done us such a injustice, you know, with not allowing parenthood and motherhood to be more expansive and for it to allow us to just like literally be human, (laughs) to have desires still and have space to take care of yourself. You know, many of us were afraid and are still afraid. Yeah, I think fear is so entwined in motherhood. And then there's just all these other cultural fears about being a mom. Like now children have more mental health diagnosis than they did before. And I don't know if that's because people actually get help now. And so they get a diagnosis or it's just that there are some things happening with kiddos today. The world is a lot different 
mm-hmm. today than it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago mm-hmm. for us who were coming up, right? So there's that piece, there's the racial tension piece. Mm-hmm. And so it can feel like there has to be this choice that is created, it's manufactured, it's not necessarily true. And so I want to hear from you, how do people, because there's a lot of people listening that are mothers, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who are having wrestling that debate, right? Mm-hmm. Do I want to be a mother or not? Right. And they're not sure. How, what kinds of things could you tell our audience or what kind of tips do you have? How do you help women reconcile that mm-hmm. to be the best parent they can be? And most importantly, the best version of themselves. Exactly. Ooh, this is You know, what I like to say is that this is not something that you just like learn overnight. It probably also is not something that you'll develop before you become a parent or a mother. You know, what I have seen is that women and mothers who tend to fare better in that process make a commitment from the start that, hey, no matter how hard this gets, you know, no matter how crazy and chaotic it may feel, I am still going to remember that I'm a human, remember that I have desires. I'm still going to make sure that myself as a person is among the top priorities in our family life. And and when you make that decision and that commitment at the beginning, it's easier to then make other decisions and take other actions and and other behaviors that align with that mindset or that decision. Um, So I think that's the number one, make the decision to commit to keeping yourself a priority and also tapping into and remembering who you are to your core outside of motherhood, because things will get crazy. And, you know, there are a lot of tips and strategies, but sometimes in the moment, it just feels like, ah, this is, this is wild. You know, motherhood is a wild ride, but if you can make that commitment to yourself, it makes it a little bit easier to tap into those strategies and those tips. And, and, you know, these strategies and tips are things we've heard before. Set those boundaries. Be really firm with other people about how you're communicating and what you're needing. Be open and accepting to help. You know, doing the work for um, your own mental health and physical health to really take care of yourself. You know, these same strategies apply, but I think the biggest thing is really committing to yourself. Yeah, and it's the last thing we're taught to do, I think, as women. I think that's the dangerous part is, like, it's the opposite. And so many of us also have these cultural stories that it's like children is what saved a a woman from disappointment, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, Uh so they put all of it in their children. They're like, look, men are partners are disappointing, particularly it focuses gendered on men, right? Because Uh it's just like this communal disappointment with men, right? Mm -hmm. But really people and partners, I don't want to exclude anyone, are disappointing. So all you got in the end of the day is your children. Mm -hmm. And so much of that is centered in a lot of our experiences okay. that there is a guilt there. That's where it comes to split. Well, I'm going to do me. I should not have a baby because a baby and me, me doing me is not compatible. Okay. That can be so unhealthy. So how do you help people reconcile that guilt mm-hmm. around how do I put my, cause you're saying put yourself first, which I a hundred percent agree with. And we mm-hmm. know that's the mm-hmm. truth, but how do you reconcile that with cultural lies that are telling you sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice. That's who a good mom mom is. Yes. So the two words that came to mind for me, education and support. So number one, education, you know, I like to work with families and and mothers specifically around just offering psycho education, you know, because we often have this misconception that to be a good parent, to be a good mother means you have to be 
um, all consuming. This role has to be all consuming, right? Like you have to be all in, all kids get 100% of your attention. Many of us really believe that that is going to lead to optimal child development, but that's false. <laughs> like that's not true. It's not true at all. And if anything, that's going to lead to you being burnt out and stressed out, exhausted. And that actually is way worse for your child's development than all of this extra quality time that you think is going to be best. And so I really like to help parents and mothers understand that, you know, our best as parents is not this grandized version that we've been sold. It literally, it does not mean that you have to be spending every waking moment with your kid. It doesn't mean that you have to get them all the things. It doesn't mean that they even have to have the best you can offer. It's really just what you're able to provide in that moment or that day. And I also like to help mothers understand that your children will benefit so much more when they get to see you blossom when they get to see you be joyful, when they get to see you learning new things and being, you know, excited. And you can only do that if you're also living your life in addition to being a mom. So offering that education and that psychoeducation around what's really required for optimal child development, because it is not you being all in 100%. <laughs> but also that other part is support. You know, for many of us who are wanting to do motherhood differently, we might not be supported by our family that brought us up because times have just changed. The societal priorities have changed. And, and your mom, your grandmother, your aunties may not understand the choices you're making, but there's a whole bunch of women on the internet that do. And that's why, again, I love the internet because if you are having a hard time finding a community of women that get what you're trying to do, go to Instagram, <laughs> go to threads, go to Facebook, join some groups, have the conversations. I, you, You'll find them, you know, they're there. And you can also do this offline, but don't be discouraged thinking that you're doing something wrong just because the people around you don't understand it. Really work to find that support the people who will support you in, in the decisions you're wanting to make, and it'll feel a lot better too. Yeah, I love that idea of being educated and then being support, like education and support being the things that anchor you into being a good mom and feeling and the support you learn about it, then the support reinforces you to go out. You have people in your corner saying, yes, this is the way forward. Mm -hmm. And also remembering what you said, like your children will learn. You can teach a child certain skills, but the la you want to make sure that they learn first to be joyful. And that is not on like the parenting list. I feel like a lot. I think it's on mm -hmm. now. I want to be clear. Like, I think we're shifting, mm -hmm. but I don't think mothers went in being like, what are the top five things you want your child to know? It's like, well, how to, you know, protect themselves against, you know, the police or how to protect themselves against racism, mm -hmm. how to protect mm -hmm. our children. But it's not like to be joyful. It's joyful. not like to be mm -hmm. a joyful person who loves their life. And right. it's not for a lack of caring. I don't mean that. It's just not been in the vocabulary of black women. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I am so grateful that you are bringing it back into the, the conversation. So more to come with you. I think we are just cracking the surface of this conversation about motherhood. And I want to hear more about you particularly and how you mm -hmm. balance. You talked about now we have different priorities now. Women are out here working and have careers. So how do people, how do you center joy in your professional life with the backdrop of all of this? So that's what we're going to talk about next. So that's it for today's episode. Here are a few ways where you can support this podcast. First things first, if you haven't 
subscribe and follow the podcast. We're streaming on all major platforms. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, just to name a few. Subscribe and get each new episode as it drops. Secondly, subscribe to the newsletter. We have a monthly newsletter that is chock full of goodness and updates, as well as first access to all the giveaways we do here at Black Girl Burnout. Are you following us on our socials? If not, what are you waiting for? You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Black Girl Burnout and on Twitter at BLK Girl Burnout. Last but not least, make our day and leave a review. Your five stars truly give me and the team so much energy and we appreciate you so much. Until we speak next, take care of yourself and take care of each other. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money.